Hi, friends. It's Aislinn. And Joe. Welcome to season three at our dinner table. And nothing is off limits at our nope. dinner table. So settle in, mm. grab your favorite beverage. And pull up a chair. Because we have a lot to talk about. I'm not going to lie to you. When we got back home, I was very excited to see the chickens. I love my chicken. Do you have your favorites? Uh, well, I love that little Goldie, the little Banty. A few weeks ago, you talked about how she came up to you and allowed you to pick her up. Oh, yeah. After we got back, she came up to me and did the same thing. And I was kind of sitting down. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I kind of stroked on her. And then I put her on my knee. Uh-huh. Let go of her. And I stroked on her. And uh-huh. then put her back down on the ground. Yeah. Then she jumped back up on my knee. <laughs> yeah. To get more. And I've seen people online say their chickens allow me to pet them and I bring them inside. I don't want to bring the chickens inside. Right. This is the only one of the 31 chickens that we now have. 31. That allows me to like pick her up and pet her and all that fun stuff. Yeah. There are other ones that will come up to me and come up really close. Mm-hmm. But um, You reach down, they scurry. Typically for mm, me. Some of them don't. Some of them will kind of like squat and hang around a minute. Ladybird is always pretty friendly. The Bard Rocks are usually pretty brave. They yeah. come up. You know, I, lo- I love Maleficent because she's beautiful and you know, she's always been one of my favorites. But it's not because she has any kind of personality. When we last talked about the chickens, it was when we got the new rooster, Mr. Man. Yeah. And how violently he was fighting with our established rooster, Nimrod. Yeah. That seems to have calmed down a little bit. Time kind of solves a lot of that. Yeah, and he's finally starting to get some feathers in and look better. Like, he didn't look great when we got him. I wonder how that chicken was treated prior to coming here. Really? Yeah. No, I don't think it was that. I think that it was uh, maybe the bird was molting or I'm not really sure. Like, something wasn't right. (laughs) I completely agree. You remember the characters on Dark Crystal that were called Skeksis? Yes. That's exactly what he looks like. And we talked about naming him that, but um, somehow Mr. Man has stuck. He also can't get into the coop at night, and he also can't jump up onto a roost once he's in the coop. Yeah, these so little silkies, man. They're, he, uh... he has special needs, this guy. <laughs> it does. You have to give him, a, you had to get him a different waterer because <laughs> he couldn't jump up to drink water. And okay. I figured he's dehydrated. I mean, there's. This chicken needs help. So yeah, I bought a <laughs> water bowl that can go right there on the ground. I noticed Goldie was up on the big old huge watering thing the other day. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to remind you again, we Please. should put something really big inside there before. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to get a concrete block and put it in there so that in the event that a chicken ever falls in, it can get out. Because Sparrow did fall in one day. You found her in there. Yeah. We humanize chickens because Sparrow, and let's not spend too much more time on chicken talk. <laughs> Oh, by the way, welcome to the dinner table. Hello. We like to talk about chickens, clearly. We're back from our road trip, and now we're going to talk about chickens just for one more minute. Yeah. We're glad you're here. Sparrow does not like humans. Runs far, far away. Does not want anything to do with humans. But I figured that when I rescued her out of the water bin, (laughs) put a towel around her. Yeah. Checked on her and put her under a heat lamp. Because she'd been in that water for a couple of hours, probably. That she would have warmed up to me and we had a connection in a button. No, no, no. Unanswered questions. Have you given any more thought to our vacation a year from now? Yeah, it's gotten into the conversations I've been in with people recently. This idea of road tripping and where do you go and which direction do you go? And one time we went over here and there was too much snow and then over here. I mean, and then kind of to look at 
okay, Mississippi, what could we do here with Mississippi? And then thinking about, I think you had mentioned Arizona, and I'd love to do that. That'd Roswell, be fun. New Mexico is 10-hour drive from where we are. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. I will also add in that my mom mentioned after listening to the podcast where she heard us saying something about Las Vegas that she would be interested in going to Las Vegas if, you know, you wanted to get your mom to go to Las Vegas, and then we all went to Las Vegas, and then maybe they'd go to Las Vegas. We'll just have a little adventure in Las Vegas. For me, all I care about is that it's hot so I can lay by the pool. We're still in the brainstorming phase, clearly. (laughs) But you asked last week, well, what's in Jackson, Mississippi? Yes. And then after we stopped recording, I remembered, of course, in my MBA program, I was really, really good friends with a girl that had grown up in Jackson, Mississippi. And we've lost touch a little bit. So I reached out to her on Facebook and said, hey, this is what we're doing. I know you've been listening to every single episode of the podcast, but I thought that I would would reach out. We have a thing called Unanswered Questions. And the question is simply, as a tourist, as a visitor, what is in Jackson, Mississippi? Which, by the way... I was like, w- you've been talking to like random women and, Not random and in at the all. middle of the night? What? An old friend. <laughs> you're like, a concern I for got, you at you're all? like, I got up this morning immediately. It was like the first thing you told me in the morning, which of course you're telling me because of the podcast, but it's just funny because it's Is like, that a concern for you for real? Is it a real concern of mine? No, because if it was, we wouldn't be talking about it on the podcast. In fact, I'm not sure we'd be talking on a podcast together. <laughs> so what did she have to say that was interesting? I'm not going to say her name. Because her opinion, her opinion, one person's opinion, isn't entirely positive. Well, certainly doesn't constitute the whole story. Well, the Jackson, (laughs) of course not. Well, the Jackson I was raised in is nothing like the Jackson today. Most of the population has migrated north. It happens in cities. Uh. Over a 20, 30, 40 year period, the city shifts and changes and what you knew it to be is no longer what it was. Mm -hmm. She says, if you want to do the road trip this direction, take two extra hours and go to Oxford, Mississippi. You won't be sorry. It's charming. Has the Ole Miss campus, which is very beautiful. Plus great food. You can walk around the square. Lots of good window shopping, small bars, great restaurants. Other options would be Vicksburg, Natchez, or Philadelphia. I think you'd be disappointed with Jackson, she says. Other than the Capitol building, there isn't much to write home about. So if you're in or around Jackson, we want to hear from you now. Exactly. I'm curious to know whether you did. Did you look to see if there's any like natural things? No, I trust this girl explicitly to understand exactly what we're looking for and say... Are you sure? Because she knew you in a whole different life before me. That what if there's like true. some really interesting like hiking trails? Okay. And, like you, we got to do our own research here. This question remains unanswered. But I'm glad you asked somebody that actually knows the area. Now, a few weeks ago before our trip recap, we talked about maybe doing some Michael Pollan's food rules in unanswered questions, but we can't do this until... One year ago today. Time Time what are we doing here? What are we doing hey, so here? Asa, it's a first on the podcast. Here? We're merging unanswered questions in one year ago today into the same thing. What? <laughs> one of Michael Pollan's... What are we doing here? <laughs> one of Michael Pollan's famous food rules is don't eat anything with more than five ingredients or ingredients you can't pronounce. Got it. I think I ate both mm-hmm. of those today. One <laughs> year ago today, we answered the question, what are McDonald's 19... 19... French fry ingredients. Interesting, yeah. That, that was in an episode called Caldo. Hey, you want some black market rabbit? I know, I was looking at that and I was like, wait, I'm confused. Black market rabbit, wait, they did it. I couldn't have been, wait, how did, what were we talking about with we rabbit? We talked about how someone unnamed at the farmer's market said, psst, do you want some rabbit? <laughs> yeah. And we bought two 
perfectly butchered, processed, shrink-wrapped, frozen rabbits. And then what we did with those rabbits. Begs the question, longtime listeners probably curious, we have talked about getting rabbits. We haven't yet. We haven't. What's the update, love? Well, now I'm trying to decide whether... It, okay, so either the answer is get them right now or wait all the way until the fall when the temperatures cool back down again because they like the cooler weather. They do better in the cooler weather. They can die in the hotter weather if you haven't put together the exactly. infrastructure to keep them cool. Exactly. So we got to make a hard decision quickly. Um, it's kind of like, it's, it, this is no different than you when you guys listen to us decide when it was the right time to get the chickens, the baby chickens when we get them. You got to get them at the right, you got to get animals at the right time of the year. You can't just like... Sounds a lot like raising produce. Exactly. You got to plant plants at the right time of the year. It's all, it's called kind of in the same you know flow or whatever so i don't know yeah we need to discuss it but it's definitely time for that you're still into it absolutely absolutely i was about to say like man we we i've already had take the black market out of it let's stop it with those silly nonsense things Mm -hmm. well the black market last year when we talked about it was literally the come over here because we were at the farmer's market. Anybody want to buy some rabbit? Actually, you can. T- I, I believe that you can legally sell farmer's market. <laughs> legally. Good grief. I believe that you can actually sell rabbit at the farmer's markets now. I think there's some new rules about that. I, see, I kind of disconnected myself from like the shifts in policies. Because mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, oh, I just want to ignore it all. But <laughs> I'm over here wondering, should I ask her a question that might lead down a rabbit hole? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to. Yeah. You just said, huh, legality, and then brushed it off. What are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean? That actually makes me think, um, one of my most favorite farmers that I follow has a book called Everything I Want to Do in Life is Illegal, <laughs> or something like that. That's not the exact title. We'll, go, we'll bring it mm-hmm. back to unanswered questions. I get it now. Like The more and more, I'm just like, and I'm not involved really in a farmer's market anymore. I'm not leading the farmer's market anymore, so I'm not having to teach people what the rules are. I'm homesteading and I'm... Okay, okay, case in point, if you're going to sell eggs that your chickens lay in Corpus Christi, the city where we used to live, there are very specific rules. You're not allowed to do it in your backyard. They have to come from this, 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 this. You have to pay a permit fee. Yeah. But out here, we can do whatever the hell we want to do. The eggs, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of rules for different things occurring mm-hmm. in the city limits but then everywhere and then sales at a farmer's market and because i'm not managing a farmer's market anymore i'm not like paying too much attention to that i'm just not interested in the fight anymore the, the fight is um i feel like i'm beyond the fight and uh, people are gonna be like oh aislinn she's so like beyond the fight you know but for me the did they w- say it like that <laughs> i don't know they're probably laughing right now going we don't say that at all we're right. like thank you for doing the fight aislinn or or whatever you're doing truth be told but the whole thing with like michael Pollan's food rolls i'm kind of beyond that and the whole thing about mcdonald's their 19 ingredients i'm like for who, french fries who cares we all know we all know that there's crappy food out there and if you choose to eat it you choose to eat it you know and i just think that we're in a hey, next, doing michael we're in Pollan's, a next phase doing michael Pollan's food rules over a series of time was my idea if you want to scrap that we'll scrap it right now I just think that it's, I, I mean, I know that there's certainly people that are trying to shift their lives and, and things like that, but I just feel like we're in something so much bigger than that now. What do you mean? Like if you didn't get the food rules before 2022 and 2020 and 2021, then we're kind of maybe beyond that. And 
we're probably talking to a different crowd at this point. I think they know the food rules. They and know this, them already. Yeah, it's not even. And, and it's, or if they don't know the formal rules, they live a lifestyle that would be so compatible with them. They're so beyond it that they don't okay. need rules anymore because they're mm-hmm. you know beyond the rules at this point. And that, and I don't mean that to say like, oh yeah, well if I don't if I eat colored M M&M, and M almond covered chocolate M M&M, and M. What are those things I eat all the time? If I eat all that junk food that I'm not supposed to that has 19 ingredients in it, then I'm not going to be, you know, dealing with the same sort of issues because I am. The thing about it is, is that I live a completely different lifestyle of top priority wellness. Like wellness is what we live and the people that I surround myself with for the most part live on the side of wellness as well the little taps back into like the against the rules things are not that big of a deal anymore like i'm beyond that sort of retraining my brain that sort of coding i'm kind of beyond that now you know peanut m&ms yes these are almond m&ms they are and he also brought home my favorite candy bar the other day i found it i've been looking for it for a long long time actually it wasn't the, the one that was my favorite one don't distract me (laughs) my favorite one has almonds in it Mm -hmm. the one you brought me has peanuts okay i'm curious how many ingredients are in those oh like 800 probably tommy and i had this conversation the other day about the gifts of service that our men like to bring us Facts of service is my love language. You you have to just say no. You have to just tell them, don't be nice to me for a little while. And hmm. she goes, because he'll bring home a whole Sam's box full of, you know, some sort of delicious right. snack. And I'm like, he, it's he's his doing lo- it out of love. I it's know that you love, love this. language. And I'm right. like, I'm telling you, I have to tell Joe oh, because bullshit. if I don't, if I, no, it is the truth. You tell me, pick stop, it up for me. Please stop with the potato chips right now. Like not forever, just like for a a while stop bringing home potato chips this and is so stop funny. bringing home m&ms on with the heels colors of on them. your wellness talk i do enjoy that you allow yourself I'm to, a to have a couple of vices i'm a truth teller and that is the way i am so knowing that about you i do not buy potato chips every time i go to the store thank goodness because i'll eat them in the middle of the night i'll eat a whole bag of them by myself but in the rotation from time to time i throw in a bag of chips <laughs> Humans like snacks. Well, last night was the fourth farm-to-table supper club that we've had out here. And you regular listeners, you know the whole farm-to-table thing we have going on here. Here We do the lunches monthly, and last spring we did several of the dinner ones. If you live near us, you can find out all about them at acelandcampbell.com. Exactly. There's always something going on where we live. We always have good stuff going on, and it usually includes feeding I was people because super, I love to feed people. <laughs> super excited about this one. Oh, yeah. My friend, Chef Francesco Inguajato, who him and his wife own Bolinos Ristorante in Corpus Christi. They've come on the podcast. They They're friends with benefits. They have, and they're very good friends of ours, and they take really good care of us, and we eat at their restaurant regularly, and sometimes we go and just dine with them, and sometimes we go for a special event, and sometimes we just go for dinner with your mom, or my parents, or someone's birthday, or we're regulars there. Or, or an on-the-way home snack. <laughs> exactly. And he said to me, okay, Aislinn, here's the deal. He said it in a much bigger, bombastic Sicilian voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aislinn, when are we going to do it? Uh, we're going to do the farm to table and I want to come and cook for you. And I was like, seriously? And he's like, yes. And I said, okay, what do you think about doing February? Can you pull off a of February? And he's like, I can do anything. And I said, okay, how about this? Let's do two, 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 
two two mm-hmm. and he was like let's do it and it's going to be on a tuesday too you know like, <laughs> so we had a farm to table dinner out here last night and he brought his kids and his wife and they helped to put together this amazing meal with you and me and my mom and dad and mm-hmm. tommy came and helped us out mm-hmm. it was such a great time yeah. and it was a great crowd and the first course was ensalada del giardino. Mm. And what that means is Aislinn's garden salad with parsley and cilantro dressing. Now, he did, he did like a family-style plate. He and did. it was covered in what seemed to be a thousand different types of colors greens and, and colors. What and, all was in that thing? Yeah, it's I'm catching now, after the long, nice um, winter, several, you know, like six weeks of good winter weather, some rain, some cold temperatures, some nice sunny days... I've got the most beautiful salad green mix coming out and also spinach. So it's got mustard greens and then beautiful salad, lettuce, mixtures, pretty colors and all these different shapes and sizes. And it's got arugula and all of that. So it had all of that on it. He had taken a couple of Napa cabbages Mm -hmm. that I had harvested for him and he had like browned those and put that kind of in the center. So in the center of that family style plate, you've got this basically wilted greens, a wilted green salad made out of Napa cabbage in the center. And then around the outside of that was these beautiful salad green mix. On top of that was pickled beets and then some pickled salad peppers, kind of like what you would get at uh, Subway. You know, the salad peppers you get at Subway. The pepperoncinis? Yeah, something like that, but you slice a little differently than that. Mm -hmm. And then some really nice microgreens that I had bought at the farmer's market to add to the stuff that I had done. Because, you know, I'm trying to get some colors, some pops of texture, some delicious flavors. And then lovely edible flowers topped with a parsley cilantro dressing that he had made. One of the interesting tips I thought he gave last night about the dressing was, we're going to talk about sweet potatoes repeatedly in this podcast because I harvested a lot of sweet potatoes and you guys know that whatever the big abundance overflow is the thing we talk about week after week after week. Right. But one of the things that he's had a lot of to use is sweet potatoes because I had a huge harvest of sweet potatoes. And he said he took the water from the sweet potatoes that he had used when he boiled the sweet potatoes to make the appetizer round. So the water in the sweet potatoes has a starch in it from the boiling of the potatoes. Right, right, right. And he added that when he blended the herbs to make the dressing. Oh, he he didn't use tap water. He used water. Okay. He used the starch water. Yeah, he used the starch water. And so that starch helps to thicken your salad dressing up a little bit. That's interesting. I know that Italian chefs that do a lot of pasta find uses for the water left over when you drain the pasta Mm -hmm. that you and I don't do. Yeah. Well, it's starch water, so that worked. And then the second course, of course, was that sweet potato casserole. It was called gotta di patate dolci. Right. Probably didn't say that at all right. It's fine. But that was a homemade sweet potato casserole with provolone and ham in it. I actually didn't get to eat much of it because it had some breadcrumbs on it. But what were your thoughts about it? I heard him and his wife talking about how they make, because they make this at home, you know, but Mm -hmm. they don't use sweet potatoes. They use regular potatoes. Mm -hmm. It's mashed potatoes, Mm -hmm. but of course, sweet potatoes in this case. Uh Then your layers of the thin ham, Mm -hmm. then some, the breading that you talked about, baked Yep. Oh, wow. It was so good. You made a comment about it. And one of the guests had made a comment last night that that was actually their favorite dish. Well, the bacon flavor completely went with that. What's the flavor of the sweet potato? What's the word I'm looking for? The definition. It's it's, it's richer. 
Thank you. I don't sweet, know. Yes. <laughs> sweet and like potato-y. a potato. <laughs> yeah. It was both sweet and potato-y. <laughs> I have no idea what you're trying to say then. <laughs> Caramelized with that bacon yeah, flavor. It was yeah. so good. It was nice. so good. And we have a third of one of those big restaurant pans left over. I froze half of it last night when we were done. And I'm going to eat some more tonight. Speaking of using the Waterford, mm. like from last week, we, we actually <laughs> did use the Waterford last night at the event. We did. We um, wanted white plates for this next dish. The entree was a rigatoni con karate y pollo. Mm-hmm. And so basically that's homemade rigatoni pasta that he makes. He makes his own pasta. Yeah. And his own bread and his own pizza crust. I mean, it's pretty fabulous over there. So he made this homemade rigatoni pasta, and it has this amazing carrot sauce. So it's like all these beautiful carrots that I'm pulling out of the ground right now. And your carrots aren't like orange carrots that you... Some of them are, but a lot, a lot of the ones that I planted... The it, red. Because you don't really even know. Well, like When you've got all your seeds in your hand and you're going out to plant, you're going out to plant. Like I don't know all the different varieties well enough to know that this carrot's actually a red carrot mm-hmm. rather than an orange carrot. Right. You know? So I planted like thousands of red carrots, and now I'm just finally starting to harvest some of the orange carrots and, but and, it's and yellow kind of carrots too fascinating the whole like experience of it but i wanted it to show up really nicely on a white plate and a lot of the plates that we've been using for these farm style dinners are more like splashy with talavera and longhorns on them and my mom and i had talked about it a few times and she goes oh doesn't joe have a box of waterford china white waterford china somewhere everyone has that box of china somewhere in their house and then if you happen to be one of those like us that gets a divorce someone has to do something with this box of wedding china (laughs) i don't know how i ended up with our china i was curious about that myself but prior to my divorce we had our china displayed in one of those fancy china hutches oh yes with the little i don't know the name of it the little thing that you slip the china plate the dinner plate into oh, that's so fancy so that it's i guess that's what you do with water for perpendicular china. to I the ground don't have that experience. and then in front of it is your <laughs> salad plate and then the teacup and i think we used them while we were married one thanksgiving well they've been used at least twice now and they got put into a box uh-huh. and stored they did. At my house yeah. after the divorce. They were in your closet. And, and for those of you that listen to the podcast, you know that the move and the transition and we were struggling through some challenges and I was like angrier than I can even imagine about a box of somebody else's wedding china in my house. Well, were you? <laughs> I've, no, not really. That is so not you. I know. I'm just teasing. So what do I do with wedding china? You put it to now, use in an amazing farm to table dinner. Well, we I used the water for China, Joe. I looked up trying <laughs> to sell it a couple of times, but that felt weird to me. So it's just been in a box. So yeah, yeah when you said, yeah. do you mind if we use this China for the farm to table dinner? I had to think about it for two seconds and say, no, absolutely not. Because yeah. it's going to be used. It looked really nice. Imagine the humanized plates from Beauty and the Beast. Stuck in a box. Yeah, exactly. Well, now they had food on them and knives exactly. and forks clinking on them. And I was happy that I could have And the most beautiful homemade rigatoni pasta mm-hmm. with this amazing orange carrot sauce mm-hmm. and a delicious big old nice leg quarter from our Turkey Hollow Farm Everyone friends. got their own leg quarter. The food was amazing. It that was. was the entree. Then the last course was served on another round of the beautifully perfect Waterford China. It had on top of that a Voulevant French air pastry, basically stuffed with a 
rigatoni cream pasta and chocolate chips. And then on top of that, he used the fig and whiskey, like whole fig and whiskey canned stuff that my mom has made. And then the whole pears that my mom has made and made like a marmalade on top. So it was called Voulevant con Marmalata, a pansy or a calendula flower on top of each one of those. And those were the delight of the party as well. No doubt. They were pretty awesome. This is the kind of experiences I want to spend having for the next 40 years plus maybe of my life. And that is feeding people in these intimate, elevated experiences. The sharing of the delicious food that we grow here on the farm. Sharing of my chef friend who is literally one of the best chefs in a very big radius of good food, Mm -hmm. great food, Mm -hmm. came to... My family's farm served my vegetables and my friend's chicken legs, and we had this experience, and it was great. When we travel and talk to you guys about it, you know we're going to look for farm-to-table experiences. Mm -hmm. There aren't many where we live. No, no. I mean, the only one. one is his. Exactly. That's consistent on a Thursday night. Yes. He has accumulated his band of regulars, and when we lived nearby... We would go often. Mm-hmm. Now that we don't live nearby, we don't go very often. We don't go as often as we do. We're before. creating our own farm to table experiences out here every time we cook and talk to you guys about it. Yeah. But for him to come out here and do that course, I was super, super, super looking forward to it. You really should come hang out with us sometime. Yeah, come out here when we do something like that, whether the long lunch, the farm to table dinner, you know, whatever we're doing. But no matter where you're at, or even if you're on vacation somewhere, or Look for, and it's not just the locally sourced restaurants. Yes, the locally sourced restaurants are very good, and I'm very supportive of that. But look for the special on-farm events because those things, they're some of the best experiences we've had. You know, Ronin, Mm -hmm. and then we went to that Eden of East for Valentine's Day once. And Ronin's what we talked about a couple weeks ago, a restaurant we ate at, but they actually have an on-farm dinner. Right. Yeah. We've done that one time. That's long tables with the beautiful twinkle lights over you through the trees and their vegetables being prepared by them for you. Their meat. Fantastic. The on-farm, farm-to-table dinner is some sort of American masterpiece, in my opinion. But it, it, I know that it's not just American because I know that like they do the things like it's this in Italian. French, and yeah. this experience is ah, it's so much fun. So find yourself one, whether it's ours or someone else's. Okay, I teased this last week. We got dozens and dozens of emails of people very, very excited. Seriously? No. <laughs> About me telling you my top five films of 2021 on Beer in a Movie, another podcast that I do with a couple of friends where we discuss, guess what we discuss? We recently had our end of 2021 episode. It usually coincides with the Oscar nominations. The big one for the Oscar nominations this year is Power of the Dog. It it received the most. That was a good movie. I liked that one. What else is going up for the Oscars? Dune. I haven't seen it yet either. You missed your window on HBO Max. It's not on there anymore. I know. Coda is on the top best picture list. Yeah. It's not on my list. Coda would be on my list, no doubt. Top, I like Top that five, top like. 10 films of the year? Yeah, for sure. So starting at number five, and maybe we'll have a conversation or two about these. Mm-hmm. A French film that won the Cannes Film Festival early in 2021, not nominated for anything, Titane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Nothing. You just told me that that movie was horrible. Then you'd been trying to convince me to watch it. And I then never said told- it was horrible. You said it was horrific. I did say that. Yeah. Very, very disturbing. On the show. Why would I want to watch anything that's very, very disturbing? On the show, all three of us said this. We love this movie. 
fantastic movie, but we recommend it with a very large asterisk. This is not going to be for everybody. It's about, (laughs) I'm going to give you the plot. It's about a girl who gets in a car wreck and has to have a titanium plate put into her head, right? Fast forward to her as a young adult, an exotic dancer at car shows. She then has sex with the car, gets pregnant by the car, becomes a serial killer, is on the lam of being a serial killer where she fakes being a boy that has been missing for a long, long time by changing her appearance, shaving her head, binding her body so that she appears masculine rather than feminine, and then gets into a relationship with this boy's father who says, ultimately, I don't care who you are. I love you like I, like I would have loved my son. It's disturbing, and uh, but but with a heart. It's beautiful. Yeah, I... I... It's kind of like the McDonald's thing. Like, I just, um, I'm kind of beyond that. It has more than 19 ingredients in the French fries? Yeah, uh, or something. I don't know. I just, I'm very, like, I think that I'm past the point of looking at darkness. If mm-hmm. I can, I'm not to say that that's going to be, because you're going to come up with 800 reasons that that's not the truth. But the storyline doesn't even interest me. Like, w- like what? Right. No, thank you. We went to the movies and the Scream, the new Scream trailer came on and you were like, if you took me to that, I would go I see that. I think I've changed my mind even since then. You did because I had to yeah. go see it for the show I and you didn't care. want to go with me. Yeah, I don't care. Number four, best film of the year, 2021, Pig. We talked about it here on the show. Pig was great. Pig was really great. The thing I liked about Pig, and I think I said this before, is that he's very deep and philosophical mm-hmm. and he just like peers into the eyes of the other actor he's talking to and he like tells them everything they need to hear. Nicholas Cage you know? plays someone who lives in the desolate woods of the Northwest near Portland, Oregon, who is a truffle farmer. He has a pig that helps him look for these truffles. The pig is kidnapped by, so it, and it's him going to try to find his pig. Yeah. So for me, it like encapsulated the reason I would say, yeah, it's definitely up there in a top movie for me is that it encapsulated all of the things that I like, find love and light in food agriculture interesting chef stories and also these very deep philosophical did you find when the movie started that it went in a direction that you had no idea that it would have gone to Um, that final scene with the music yeah i guess so Hmm. i guess so i mean yeah to run across movies like i'm only hoping for more of that yeah that we're just running across movies that make people stop and think about how stupid we are sometimes and just the darkness that we allow to like rise up inside of us rather than focusing on like our internal like honesty and he was just so raw in a good like philosophical way i really liked it number three licorice pizza the movie we talked about on this show more in 2021 than any other movie licorice pizza it's such an interesting movie. Like I, I still, as you sent me that article the other day um, about something that someone was offended also, I'm just like... No, 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 no. It was an unanswered question that we did when we talk, saw an, a licorice pizza about what does Paul Thomas Anderson have to say about the controversies that have erupted. Right. Well, he right. finally talked about it. Right. And that's what the article that I sent you. Yes. And then I looked, I mean, and his thing was like, hey, what are you talking about? Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> but then I read down further where it's like a quote from someone who was offended by it and how this was such a great movie but except for this one thing and if you'd left that out and blah 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 but i'm like you're not the director of movie if you would let left that i just 
Can't we handle cancel culture with just people being able to make a choice and the choice that they make really don't have to share with anybody? If you like something, like it. If you don't like it, don't like it. And that'll work out just fine. I think we talked about this last week where I basically said, like, you've been canceled from Aislinn's culture if you <laughs> if you complain. or And I know that that's not fair because I know that there are people that are trying to fight. to ha- But the thing about it is, is that if you're fighting for anything. Manufactured outrage. You're going the wrong direction. Outrage. Number two. Going the wrong direction. Top film of the year. Number two, The Green Knight. I called this the most cinematic film that I saw that year. It was the movie did not speak to me. Retelling of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight that was written in fourteen blah blah blah, whatever it was. Dev Patel, who of course is most well known for being the lead in Slumdog Millionaire. But it's not like an Excalibur-like swordplay movie at all. It's one man's journey in this mythical world that is just beautifully presented. Cinematography, color, score, all of it. The Green Knight's one that I would recommend anyone to watch. You didn't like it as much as me? Nah, it, nothing about it really drew me in, which is interesting because I'm usually really into the visually appealing cinematography and all of that. But yeah, it just didn't like have the flair with me that I... My favorite that. number one movie of 2021, you did not get to see. I'm going to show it to you the moment it becomes available on streaming. Because unlike Titan or it's any... It's not horrific. No, no. <laughs> it's the most human story of the year. It's called Come On, Come On. Yeah. Mike Mills, black and white. Joaquin Phoenix plays a radio journalist who's traveling the world interviewing children about their perspective on the future of the world. Mm. It's interrupted when his sister needs him to watch her young son uh-huh. while she goes off and handles some family business. And then his whole life is turned upside down in a good way, in a, mm-hmm. uh, oh, family is important. Being around a child as much as I'm going to be around this child is a much better way to understand what the future of the world might be than just interviewing someone for five minutes. It, I cannot recommend it enough. Come on, come on. That's cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it. <clears throat> Let me quickly read my six through ten. You tell me if any of these might have been in your top five. Dune, The Lost Daughter. I liked The Lost Daughter a lot. That was a, I was really surprised at how much I liked that movie. Me too. I didn't have many expectations for it, but Olivia Coleman, who of mm-hmm. course was in The Favorites, it's the directorial debut of Maggie Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Lamb, a movie I can't wait for you to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. The French Dispatch at number nine. We already talked about my feelings about that. And number 10, do you have any feelings about St. Maud? Oh, that's interesting because when we were talking about kind of horror movies this morning, I was trying to think of St. Maud. There's a certain type of, I'm not even sure I would call it horror, um, but there is a certain type of horror that I find very, very appealing. Mm-hmm. And St. Maud is one of those. I actually liked St. Maud a lot. See, that's why trying to recommend those types of films where there's some kind of content that might be a little disturbing it's I'm, not though it's it's different yeah. it's not darkness it's mm-hmm. lightness it's lightness but it's showing you see i don't have a problem with death i don't have a pro- like i'm not a sca- i'm not a scared i'm not a scared <laughs> <laughs> i'm not scared of things i'm really not like i don't i don't think we have to travel with guns i don't have we don't i'm not afraid of people breaking into my things i don't i don't fear of murder i don't you know i don't have these types of things and i know that they occur for people out there but i like but you don't want to stew in it no but i find that when we look at some of these things in a more enlightened way Mm -hmm. in seeing it from a different perspective. It's not that much different than how I feel about like 
fairy tales where, you know, the green witch is always the wicked witch and the, and Maleficent is always the evil stepmother, mm -hmm. you know, what's the other side of some of these situations? Midsummer is one of my favorites. Pan's Labyrinth is one of my favorites. It's like Hereditary. Did I do it for you? Hereditary is fantastic. I yeah. love that. I liked St. Maud. I, horrific. I a... Certainly horrific. Can't deny there's horrific imagery. It's scary. It's spooky. There's I jump out things at you. It depends on what is horrific in your mind. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Like metal, sex, babies, cars. What? That's so, that's so in the matrix of the mind of ourselves up real good. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a masterpiece of f***ing ourselves up exactly. real good. Exactly. Why do you want that? Well, if we recorded two episodes about our trip, that means we've been home for two to three weeks. And in the meantime, I've cooked a dozen times. Here's some of my favorite things that I've cooked for you. Yes. It was your idea to do a beef stew, but rather than use potatoes, let's use sweet potatoes. Yeah, because I got a lot of sweet potatoes. Well, you can Google anything. Yep. I'm going to post this recipe because it was good. Instant pot sweet potato beef stew. Yeah, I like that it had like a sweetness to it, you know, because yeah. sweet potatoes. Right. <laughs> had both of those elements. Yes. <laughs> no surprises there. Let me tell you what was in the stew real quick. Your chuck roast that you coat in flour. Of course, I'm not using flour, so I use the gluten-free flour one-to-one -one baking alternative. Mm -hmm. You can buy that at your grocery store. Onions, garlic, stock, tomato paste, Worcestershire sauce, your carrots, your celery, your sweet potatoes, mushrooms from our mushroom blocks that you're growing now. Mm -hmm. It calls for frozen peas, but I'm not going to put in frozen peas. So mm -hmm. we just skipped the frozen mm -hmm. peas. But I planted a lot of peas just the other day. Your parsley and then some dried oregano, basil, paprika, salt and pepper and bay leaves. It was good. All in the it. Instant Pot. Delicious. And I always like having a soup in the fridge because then I, the next day when it's cold and I've been outside working and I'm hungry, I come in at like two or three in the afternoon, I go get a heat up a bowl of soup really easily. The other thing I made that weekend was that um, Instant Pot pulled pork. Mm, yeah. And the reason why we made that was because we got ourselves another box. Yes. From our favorite meat vendors at the farmer's market, Turkey Hollow. Yep. You can find this. You can order this online. They'll ship it to you from somewhere else. In fact, they'll ship the Turkey Hollow will ship to you. I'll post their link up on our Facebook page. Yay. But for $100, you get a big box of meat. Mm -hmm. It's all frozen. It's in a frozen compartment. It stays frozen. And it's always fun to open that thing up. It's like, well, what do we got in our meat box this mm -hmm. time? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things was a four-pound pork roast. And my favorite thing to do with a pork roast is make pulled pork. I think pretty much everyone's favorite thing for everyone to do with a roast, in my opinion, is to make pulled roast out of it. There you go. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Pulled I made roast. myself a rub of brown sugar, paprika, garlic powder, onion powder, salt, pepper, cumin, cayenne. Mm -hmm. Rubbed it all over my pork roast. <laughs> seared it. The habanero episode. Oh, hot balls? Yeah. Mm. Go back to hot balls, y'all. I thought you were putting cayenne on your pork. I don't know. That's what I heard. <laughs> Just make a signal when you're done. I'm going to continue with my recipe. Sear all oh, sides. Oh, he doesn't make any dirty jokes, you guys. Sear all sides of your roast, then stick it in your <laughs> instant pot <laughs> with apple cider vinegar, barbecue sauce, and broth. You made homemade barbecue sauce. I made homemade barbecue Good. sauce. My favorite. And you can just Google homemade barbecue sauce. They're all kind of the same. K 
ketchup, apple cider vinegar, brown sugar, honey, Worcestershire sauce, lemon juice, and a squirt of hot sauce. Squirt. You put all of that into your saucepan and let it thicken up. Then I poured half of it over my roast with the broth, mm-hmm. instant potted that thing. It comes out perfect. You take two forks and you just shred it up. You shred yep. it up. You shred it up. Then you add a little more barbecue sauce, put it on your buns. You got yourself a pulled pork sandwich. That was another good easy to make uh, lunch or have a bite of something quick in the afternoon. I, gr- I grilled us up some steaks and I wanted to do something different with potatoes. So I made crispy smashed red potatoes. They were very good, actually. You I boil your them. red potatoes, then you put them in your baking sheet and you smash them with, like with the bottom of a glass or the bottom of a pot. Drizzle them with olive oil and salt and then put them in the oven until they're kind of crispy on the edges. Then I put them back in the oven for a few more minutes with some grated cheese on top. So it kind of reads like the flavor profile of a baked potato with cheese. Mm -hmm. But it's got those crispy edges. Mm -hmm. Just try to do something different. Mm -hmm. I'll post that recipe. It was yummy. I liked it. Then I made banana bread. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, there's banana bread in the fridge. I forgot. There's banana bread in the fridge. I knew you forgot because it's not all gone yet. (laughs) That's when you look over at your bananas and they're super sad and brown. Mm. And instead of giving those to the chickens, I peel them and freeze them for the moment when I make my banana bread. I'm so glad you made it. It's so delicious. I looked up a gluten-free banana bread recipe and it's so easy. How did it it come out? Like, is this going to be our base banana bread recipe? I don't need to change it or alter it much. Mm -mm. It's your gluten-free flour, your bananas, sugar, softened butter, two eggs, milk, vanilla, baking powder, baking soda, and I added chocolate chips because why the hell not? (laughs) Mix it all up, put it in the oven. There's maybe no better odor, aroma, coming out of a kitchen than freshly cooking banana bread. Mm -hmm. It's yummy. And that's just a little peek into the life that we've lived since we got back from Hot Springs. It's kind of great. Let's bring this episode home with our random question of the week. What is a product or service you are willing to spend more money on to get better quality? Two things leap to mind. Trash bags. Uh Uh-huh. Cheap trash bags, dollar store trash bags, are worth the dollar that you spent. Uh Uh-huh. And what do you not want to happen in a trash bag? Leakage, tearage. And you want the drawstrings. You want the drawstrings. Uh-huh. Trash bags. Uh-huh. But number one, if, if I keep on going, I'm going to come up with a bunch of stuff. It's all, know, it's right? all household That's stuff. That's how we are about everything. Listen like... to this. And it's, it's not a beef. It's not a beef about living out here. But I prefer the toilet paper at the office than I do the toilet <laughs> paper at the house. Because we have to use that we one have to ply use septic, septic <laughs> toilet paper out here. I am totally used to it. It's fine. I understand why we do. I love that we have a septic system instead of like your typical sewage thing. Yeah. That's fine and dandy. Yes. But back in the day, uh-huh. you don't skimp on the toilet paper. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's an intimate moment with yourself doing a thing that is human that you just got to do. And if you're going to do it, wrap it all up with luxury. Plush, mm. thick. Squeeze the Charmin. You know what I'm saying? No. Mm. I've never lived... I've never, like... It's That's too much toilet paper you Read the me. question for yourself again while I continue thinking of at least one more thing. What is a product... Paper or... towels. Go ahead. <laughs> what is a product or service you're willing to spend more money on to get better quality? Well, you know me. That's the story of my life. Food. Yeah, food. Okay, but we talk about that every week here. With... Underwear. Like totally. I, I have a good, totally. Good call. I, good, I buy good panties yeah. and good bras. Yeah, you do. I'm trying to think. Because there's no like in between with me. It's either someone else's hand-me-downs don't care or 
the highest quality that I can reasonably afford. Yeah. Hats. Oh, good hats. You got to have good hats. And I'm going to keep going up in like quality of hats. Currently, I'm in like mid-range, but I'm going to like, I'm going to even get like better hats the someday. The philosophy that I applied to toilet paper does apply for underwear. Yeah. It is the most intimate garment mm-hmm. that you can wear. You wear it every day. Well, sometimes. But when you do, you want it to be comfortable, non-binding. Yes, spend a couple extra dollars on underwear and get the good shit. Cooking utensils. The mm, cooking things. Yes. But like specific ones, like the blenders and the Cuisinart choppers. Oh, I'm, I'm the... going to go down to wooden spoons and spatulas. Yes. I mean, there is a difference in quality get on some of these stuff. things. Get the good stuff. You're going to be using it every day. High heat. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We could go through a whole, like, we could do a <clears> whole, like, lesson. Like, we could do a whole podcast series on just what in our house do we spend, what do we value, basically? What does someone value? What does someone actually spend their money on? Yeah. You know? Chicken food. You buy good quality chicken food. I buy good quality chicken food because I want good quality eggs and I want my chickens to be healthy and happy. And dog food. Yeah. Our dog, and my God, listen to the last two weeks about him on our trip with us. Our dog is a member of our family. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give him the best food that we can find. Well, I don't want him to be obnoxiously scratching and shitting all over the place. I don't want him to have uncontrollable diarrhea. (laughs) Because that comes right back into my lap. And if that happens literally, I'm really going to be pissed off. It's better to be pissed off than to be pissed on. Humans like snacks. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. Speaking of using the Waterford, have we told the story yet about how... No? You don't like this? No. Really? Yeah. No. Well, let me think about it. We could try it and you could see how it... Yeah, okay.